Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on nomcastpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts, on the socials at nomcastpod, and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to Two Player Bros. I'm Mike, and with me, as always, is Dave. Dave, how you doing? Hello, brother. <laughs> Does the fire rise? The fire rises. <laughs> so we're here to talk about video games, as we usually do. That's what this podcast is about. You don't sound like you have anything to talk about. <laughs> uh, no, I have some stuff to talk about. Um, do you? How was your day in your week in video games? <laughs> I know there's going to be a video game qualifier at the end of that. They're just asking me about my day. Uh, just played a lot of Outriders. That's the only gaming I've done. On your second playthrough? Yeah. Well, I, no, I, like you saw me like for five minutes here playing the, my second playthrough. Um, now I beat the game with my with my main, the Devastator there, and I nothing really to do at the end game. So I was like, let me let me level up another character, see if the Devastator is even the one I want to stick with, but. So there's nothing to do after you beat the main story? Uh, there's this thing called Expeditions where, mm-hmm. uh, without spoilers, basically you go to like a table where all over the map there are basically like wave-based combat. Like you have 15 minutes. To, it's like a tiered ranking system of like you have complete this mission in... Fifth, under 15 minutes to get the gold ranking or 20 minutes to get the silver, 25 to get the participation trophy. Um, and then based on like your ranking for the mission, you get, you know, rewards, mm-hmm. you know, loot. Um, and then there's like, there's like an, a post game vendor that you can go to who you can like buy legendaries from, for doing the post game content, but it's, it's not much. It's pretty much just like a, like an arcade mission. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. It's kind of like a wave. It's just a, like a long wave based mission. It's like get to this pod by in, in a certain amount of time or whatever. There's nothing really there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know they were calling them expeditions, but they didn't really go into detail about like what the, each mission would entail. There, so. Each one seems like it's a little different, but I've done like three of them. I think there's 15 total. They're all, it all just seems like it's wave based combat though. Same thing that you've been getting from the normal game. Just, you know, now with like more arcadey qualifiers, uh, the difficulty is based off of, your rankings within the expedition system, not the world tiers. Um, 
So it is fun to play the lower uh, expedition ranks and just kind of like destroy, just destroy <laughs> these things that were giving you such a hard time, you know, at world tier 11 or 12, which is what I was at before I started doing the expeditions. Um, but no, it's a, it's a good time. It's, it's a little lacking, but I don't know. I was just, I was sitting here waiting for you to come up and I was like, I don't really don't want to do one of these things right now. <laughs> so we'll see if I keep going uh, with those. I might just, you know, level up another character too, and then be on my way to another game. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Do you have anything game related you wanted to bring up? Anything in the news that you wanted to talk about? This is your show, bud. I don't like when you say that. <laughs> supposed to be equal partners here. Co-hosts. Uh, I've done more talking than you so far. So why don't you, uh, this is true. Get in here, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, I want to talk about star citizen. Um, but I figured first we could talk a little bit about, um, I don't know if you saw any of the new Nintendo, the Nintendo switch indie games announcements today. Didn't see a single one of them. What do we got? So one that looks the most, the the best to me anyway, uh, because I was a fan of the original game is they're remaking house of the dead on switch. House of the dead. That was like the rail shooter. Yeah. Which I guess works with, you know, either Switch controllers and stuff you could absolutely use as guns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got updated graphics, uh, potentially an updated stories, new controls, new characters, multiple endings, and still the ability to play one player or two player co-op, which I think is pretty cool. The trailer shows Dr. Kyrian, the bad guy from the first game, and a whole bunch of different zombies and spider monsters and all that. But I thought that was really cool and something I'm really excited about. There hasn't really been a good House of the Dead game in a long, long time. But I remember those always being fun. When's the next typing of the dead, dead game coming out? That's what I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> I think they released one not long ago for the computer. Did they? A more arcadey version of the original. You had it on like Dreamcast, right? Yeah, and that was the first one that was just you typed instead. Yeah. The new one on Steam is um, a different game where you do the same thing, but it's like a continuation of the House of the Dead story. Oh, wait, is typing of the dead based on the House of the Dead universe? Yeah. Oh. So the first typing of the dead is just House of the Dead one. You just type instead of shoot. Oh, didn't and it's even like that. super easy mode because obviously you got to type more than shoot. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really excited about that. It's supposed to come out sometime in 2021, but they didn't give an exact release date yet for that. But could be fun. Cool. Maybe we'll see a light gun like peripheral where you can put your switch controllers into something. But I doubt it. Also, but that'd be cool. I. I- I mean, your Joy-Con, I mean, they probably already have that, honestly, but your Joy-Con already has motion sensors in it, right? So Yeah. Give me a zapper. I want a remake of the old zapper controller. That'd be dope. Yeah, cool. That'd be fun. (laughs) Uh, Another one that's coming out is Oxenfree 2. I never played the first one. Me either, but I believe it is on Game Pass. I should check it out. It's definitely a highly lauded indie game, and I guess the second one continues um, the main character's quest in her hometown as she tries to investigate some mysterious signals. It looks really good, much like the first game looked really good, but I never played it. Hmm. And then Konami is finally getting back into the video game space, but they're starting with a uh, a Nintendo Switch reboot of a NES game that never came to America, which I think is interesting. That's weird. What game? Yeah. <sighs> God, I hope I say it right. Getsu Fumiden, Undying Moon. It's, I'm guessing, a JRPG? It is a, it is a JRPG. Nope, I'm sorry. It is a hack and slash rogue light. The original was a JRPG, I believe. Gotcha. It's just a port or they're like remaking it from the ground up? Remaking it from the ground up. But it's still kind of got like an old school retro feel to it. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. I think it's interesting that they're choosing to remake a game like that that no one else saw. But the graphics do look really cool. They look very 
artistic and hand-drawn. That's a pretty interesting, yeah, like, almost like sprites on top of like a painted background. Yeah. It's neat. Looks cool. Yeah. Depending on like the roof, I might wait for like reviews of that game, but if it's not too much money, I might get that. That looks pretty neat. And something that's suited for like the Switch kind of gameplay. And I mean, they've, they introduced some other stuff, but those are the top ones. I think that I really kind of went, Oh wow. Those are all really cool. Oh, one thing we did see, um, or two other things we saw that I did actually think were really cool were uh, the longing is coming to Nintendo switch. What's that? The longing is a, I don't know what you call the game. I guess it's a don't it's, I can't remember the name. There's a name for it, but basically you don't touch the game. It plays itself. You put okay. it on and you're this little guy who's waiting for his God King to wake up and you're in a cave. And the whole time he wakes up in 400 days. So the whole time you can either play in real time, wait 400 days, or you can wake him up in other means or beat the game with other in other means. But while you're waiting, if you want to play it through, through to the end, you can dig new tunnels, explore the cavern and castle he's in and stuff like that. Okay, so it, it is interactive. It's an idle game. It's a, yes, an idle game. That's what okay. I call it. Yeah, I, I thought it was just like a movie you were watching. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's an idle game. I forgot the name of them. So that looks really cool. It looks really funny. The little guy. You can actually read. I know, and the one that was released on Steam, you can actually read. They have whole novels of like Moby Dick and Charles Dickens and little board games to play, things to potions to make, bedrooms to design, and stuff like that. While you're waiting for this guy, but it's always so dreary and just cave sounds and dripping water through the caves and just. He's a really lonely little black shadow looking creature. But I think that kind of, it seems like an interesting concept for a video game. So you're just waiting for a guy for 400 years? You're waiting for your God King to wake up and he looks like a, like a giant statue of an old medieval King, but he's like obviously like five or six stories tall, just sitting in stone waiting to be reawoken, I guess. Yeah. It it doesn't sound very appealing to me. I've I've never really liked idle games or like clickers or anything like that. I'd never either, but the look of this game is something that has interest me on steam, but that's the thing. Like on steam, I can see it. Like you work on your computer, you know, I edit a podcast. I just have it up in a background, like a windowed mode, mm-hmm. but on switch, I feel like you have to actively be like when you're playing a video game system, you're actively playing a game. You know, idle games definitely seem more like mobile or, you know, PC. Yeah. But, eh, live your best life, man. Yeah. Enjoy it. I guess you can beat it within a couple of days or hours in different ways. Cause there are multiple ways to, beat the game or, or finish the game mm-hmm. but i thought it was interesting that that's coming to switch the other one is they showed more of the ninja turtles revenge of shredder game i hope i'm calling it revenge of shredder and that's right because i lost it again. super shredder's revenge i think no, it's just shredder's revenge teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge so we saw more of that looks really cool again i know you're not that interested in like a remake of like an old school type style ninja turtles game but yeah, it's not big on the side scroll and beat them up. So it's not for me. Yeah. What I saw, I, I'm really interested in it. I can't wait for it to come out. They do say they are aiming for a 2021 release date. So to me, that means Christmas or it'll get delayed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it looks like it's I mean, they. I don't know. It looks like it's a game that's like about to come out to me. <laughs> it looks like, yeah, it looks like they got a lot of stuff going on it. But a lot of games look like that, like Deathloop. <laughs> Deathloop got delayed. Yeah. Yeah. Again. I think it's still 20. Did it? I don't think it delayed out of 2021. But when was it supposed to be like May or something? May or June. Yeah. Hmm. And they announced they made the difficult decision to move the game. Rip. 
Oh, well, <laughs> it'll come out eventually. Yeah. Like we said, I think on a previous cast, after seeing more of the game, I still want it, but I'm less excited for it. Yeah, I, I think the original trailer did a really good job of getting me excited for it. And then less so, you know, since then. Yep. Less is more sometimes. But that was it. Though a lot of the other games were like small indie games, which I'm sure might be fun. There's a game I believe called This Is Not A Game, which is a weird little uh, adventure game. All little sprites and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure some of them are really good. Nintendo has a ton. I think Nintendo does a really good job, although it buries a lot of the games you might want for Nintendo. They do a really good job at just putting a ton of indie games out there. Mm -hmm. I know Xbox does a good job of that as well, but I think Nintendo really does showcase a lot of indie games. Yeah, no, I think Nintendo does a much better job than Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah. uh, At least recently. Uh, And the other thing I wanted to talk about, obviously, was Star Citizen, which I talked about wanting to try last week. I was surprised you had never heard of it because it's such a big game, potentially big game, such an expensive game uh, and one that's mired in a lot of controversy and um, fans and derided and the, you know, people saying it's just vaporware, that it's never going to come out, that it is coming out. So I just kind of wanted to kind of touch upon that a little bit and then touch upon your my what I've seen of the game so far and what I've played. Lay it on my thoughts. So I'm not going to go too much into the background, but star citizen says as he opens up his notes. (laughs) (laughs) So star citizen is made by Chris Roberts and Chris Roberts is the creator of the wing commander series. Okay. And did you ever play the wing commander games on PlayStation? Nope. So I always really liked them, but they were always really hard. I had wing commander four and I rented one, two, and three. I feel like I might have had one and just never played it, but like I remember having like a lot of discs. Yes. Was it like a lot of discs? Wing Commander <laughs> 4 was four discs, yeah. Because mm. it was a lot of movie sequences too with like Malcolm McDowell, Mark Hamill, and uh, John Reese davies I believe was in it. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool and immersive because you got to make these decisions in the FMV sequences and then you went on your ship. But I always found it, especially when I was younger, it was very difficult for a flying game. Because it was a little bit more immersive than I was used to, like Rogue Squadron and stuff. It was more, not so much a flight simulator, not that hard, but still a little bit more difficult than your average game. Okay. But I always really liked it. I guess he made a game that was very popular called Freelancer in 2003. Never heard of it. I've heard of people talk about it as in, it was like, this is a good game. But yeah, I've never really played it or seen it. So he started a Kickstarter in 2012. And he had already begun pre-production through his Cloud Imperium Games company in 2010, and production started in 2011. So in 2012, they were already a year into production. They started this Kickstarter, and it drew in over $2 million. It was the most successful Kickstarter campaign um, at that time, and is still, I think, the second most successful video game one. Since then... uh, the game has been the game was originally supposed to launch in 2014. It's been delayed, obviously, way more than that. It's now 2021. Yes. Every time they hit a new milestone for the game, he put in a new system. And those systems were, you know, if I get another couple few million, we'll do a single. It was supposed to be just a multiplayer dogfighting game. If I get a couple more million, I'll make a single player campaign. I think he only made two million total. He did when the Kickstarter ended. But then the game began and then pledges were allowed within the game itself as well. Okay. Um, And as these pledges went on, um, I think initially still through Kickstarter, through kind of a buy-in kind of program, it wasn't part of the pledges. And then when Cloud Imperium Games launched the original alpha, 
you can keep buying all these new things and pledge just playing pledge to play the game basically. And as the game grew, he'd go, okay, if I get this much money, I'll put in a single player game called Squadron 42, which starred Mark Hamill again, uh, Gary Oldman, Gillian Anderson, um, a ton, a ton of actors did stuff for cinematic sequences. They started making the game and he's like, well, now I'm going to make a, not just a dogfighting game, but there's going to be a persistent universe with hundreds of star systems and planets you can go to. And not only can you go to it in your ships, but you can take off and walk around. And then it was like, if I get more millions, now it's going to be a first person shooter game as well that will rival the likes of like Call of Duty and um, Rainbow Six and stuff like that as well. So you'll be on the ground, out of the ground. There'll be ways to make money. And this ballooned and ballooned and ballooned. And all this time, it was getting a lot of flack because to get all this money and raise this capital, he was selling ships for $1,000. Five thousand dollars a package. There, there was a ten thousand dollar package you could buy for the game with like five ships at one point. I, I've heard about that actually years ago, but I, I remember this. So re- absolutely ridiculous stuff. And the game that was supposed to come out in twenty fourteen just kept blowing up and adding more features and more features, and people started demanding their money back, and would be hit with refusals to get their refunds that it wasn't part of the not the agreement they signed on to and this and that at the same time obviously it got a lot of negative press for buying these ships it was you know pay to win but also you're suckering these people out of this money people were paying $1000 for ships that weren't even out yet they were pre-ordering ships that were still in the design or concept art phase oh wow <laughs> <laughs> uh so everybody was saying Chris Roberts is just taking the money and running there were reports of mismanagement with the money that it was going toward personal bonuses and uh the like and that people who was who were working with Cloud Imperium Games, and now they're up to five studios working on the game. These different smaller studios were being, you know, crunch time. Even though the game wasn't even close to coming out, forced to skip holidays, work their paid paid uh, time off time. I I believe um, unpaid overtime stuff like that. A lot of negative press around it all, and that he would keep adding things to the game and making the developers do this without squashing bugs. So the players of the alpha were really disappointed in that, and there was never a roadmap. He was just kept saying all these features on his Twitter or on the Cloud Imperium Games um, on the Cloud Imperium Games website. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. There's going to be a survival system. There's a mining system now. There's a whole trade economy. There's this and that. And everyone was like, well, when is this coming out? Or when are you fixing these bugs? Or when is this ship that I paid $500 for actually coming out? And I remember there was a huge article that I read. And I was always really interested in Chris uh, Roberts' idea for the game, but also the controversy surrounding the game. And this was back two years ago when the game was well over $100 million already funded. And this article talked with all these developers. That, like They would either say, this game is going to come out and it's going to be the greatest video game ever made. Or it's never going to get made and it's going to crash and burn and this company is going to lose all its money in lawsuits. That was what it came down to. Now it's two years after that. It's 2021. The single player mode was supposed to be finished, I believe, last year, last Christmas. COVID, bro. Uh, No, like 2019 Christmas. Oh, but (laughs) COVID, bro. Pre-COVID, bro. (laughs) Like, dude, November 2019, it all started. (laughs) Uh, so they've delayed it ever since, and they don't really still have a roadmap for Star, uh, for Rogue or Squadron Forty Two, but you can still buy it for forty five dollars. But Patch Three Point One Two has come out since then. They've developed a roadmap that says not. They've become super transparent now that I'm looking at it, and I've always been a member on the site, so I could see stuff. But I've just purchased the game, so I can see the roadmap. <laughs> 
I, can I, see I just like that you're phrasing it like now that you're involved in well, no, super well, I was, <laughs> this one of the reasons i decided to buy the game so is because it seemed like they had become more transparent right yes so 3.12 came out two months ago and they've put they do like i guess a patch every four four times a year every three months there's a big patch sometimes it resets your stuff as uh, as long as you didn't buy cash for it if you bought it in game they'll reset it if you bought cash it stays with you and there's big patches so 3.12 came out a few months ago the next big patch is coming out i believe um next month but uh, when i was checking it out i've been watching youtube videos because a lot of people have been like now this is added and this is added and i've gone on the site and you can actually see a roadmap where they have Five companies now, they actually bought a huge office building in Denmark, I believe, multiple stores like a skyscraper for Cloud Imperium Games. That's going to be their headquarters. They already have another office. They have four other studios working on the game. I believe one works on first person shooter stuff. One works on making the 100 star systems. Right now in the alpha, there is only one uh, star system. Um, it's five planets with dozens and dozens of moons and stuff like that, basically to test out different planet types and how to make them and stuff like that. And another few on ships, lore, and then the single player campaigns being made by one studio as well. So they have a ton of studios and they have roadmaps for all of them. We're going to be working on this glitch here. We're going to be working on actor motion capture for pulling this gun out of their holster by this date. And they actually have it all broken down. Um, and I think in in a way that's both because of fan backlash and bad reports on the game. But also I think that Chris Roberts, who has a track record of making good games, it's not like he's a charlatan who's never made a game before does maybe have these great ideas that he can't really, maybe he doesn't know when to stop with his ideas and just focus on getting a game out now. Mm -hmm. But the fact that all that transparency is out made me want to get the game that maybe this game will be made and people are absolutely, you can see the effort being made to make the game. And it had just crossed the $320 million range uh, last month. I think <laughs> it's up to $327 million now. Okay. It's now the most expensive game ever made. <laughs> and now you own the game now? So now I own the game. Um, Forever. Or for as long as it exists. For as long as it exists, I believe. You're not just a beta tester. You, This is your game. That's now. another thing. They make it very, like, this is the alpha. You don't have the game. But you're a pledge for the game. So okay. I believe I do. But what they're saying is, we're going to wipe your game. We're going to mess with your game. You know, you're not, don't play this game thinking I'm building up this character that's going to be in the original the final game. But they, they word it very carefully in their legalese now because they've had so many lawsuits. But I don't own Squadron 42, which would have been another $45, which unless I see the game is coming out, I'm not buying that. But I hopped in, I bought a ship, you buy a ship package. How much did you spend? I spent $45. For um, what? I got a, I got $20,000 in... UEC, which is essentially their money. <laughs> uh, I got a Mustang Alpha, which is a fighter jet kind of thing, and a personal hangar to walk around in and check out my ships when I store them and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and obviously, I have access to Arena Commander, which is their space racing uh, game, multiplayer game, and their dogfighting game, which they're still building out Arena Commander, which was the original concept. Now you're choosing these games th through like a menu or when you boot up the game, there's a menu. Yeah. There's arena commander. There's star Marine, which is a first burst, like a deathmatch or team deathmatch game. Mm -hmm. And then there's persistent universe, which is the main MMO part of the game. 
my experience with Arena Commander and Star Marine were pretty bad. A, I don't know how to pilot the ship. I've never done like a mouse and keyboard um, ship piloting before, so it's going to take me a while to get used to. But there were also nobody in either game, really. I was matched up with maybe one other person in both matches. Mm-hmm. But when I went into the Persistent Universe, I've always had the level... Right now, the servers are capped at 50 people. Obviously, when the game comes out, it'll be one giant universe. But I've been in packs with like 58, 59 people. So I think if you have a team with you, it can raise that cap a little bit. And in that game, I've always been in a full universe, which is pretty cool. But the game itself is really cool. The concepts are really nice. Being able to wake up in a bed or your hab in a a space base on a planet, getting out of bed, going down, going to the starport with this huge city around you, all these different shops to buy clothes and armor and ship parts and ships and renting ships and going to like a bar to hang out with people if you had like a party with you and stuff like that. Taking a tram, going through these gigantic cities. The first city I went to was like a Coruscant and the entire planet was a very detailed city. Obviously, you couldn't walk like they did like Knights of the Old Republic where like blocks, you can only walk within like a, it was still a large city I got lost in. But as you take off, you see all this, the skyscrapers and stuff are very detailed and you can fly around that whole planet, kind of No Man's Sky style, getting your ship, which comes out, there's a ladder that walks up. Everything in your ship design is always super practical. And they have ships that are small dogfighting ships like my Mustang to ships that are gigantic multi-person Millennium Falcon type ships where... You know, the whole concept of the game is not everyone's a pilot. So if you don't want to be a pilot and you want to hang out with your friend or take on bounties or anything, you can get in that ship with your buddy and he can take over turrets, work the engineering section if he wants and help manage power distribution or this and that or fire missiles and guide missiles and stuff like that. Or board other ships with your first person shooter, go to different planets, do bounty missions there, you know, just take shuttles to different planets and do your first person shooter thing. And it's all super immersive. It only loads once. It's super impressive the way it handles warping, getting into atmosphere. It's a little slow because it is kind of like a real life simulator kind of of living in space a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But the immersion of the game is just absolutely incredible. But the game is still in alpha, which after 11 years is ridiculous. And the amount of bugs in this game are, are really distracting sometimes. A lot of times you'll 30K which is the game just shutting down and then there'll be a server issue no matter like no matter what you're doing. Uh, I've experienced gravity issues where my ship has landed and then started to jump <laughs> like someone had a boombox in the back of it and then it flips over and destroys the wings, the weapons fall off, which is all really cool the way the damage works. It's actually the different parts of your ship to get hit get damaged where they get hit. Um, but it's pretty frustrating when it's just a glitch in physics killing your ship and yeah. leaving you stranded. Stranded. But um, the game itself is really pretty. Uh, when it works really smooth, it's really smooth, uh, runs really well. Just those glitches are really annoying. And, you know, you'll ask a lot of questions and the community is really helpful. There's a global chat. You can talk to everybody. A lot of the answers you get when you ask questions are, are sometimes, you know, oh, well, that's going to be fixed in, you know, next week in the next patch. Or, oh, yeah, they know about this. They said, you know, that's coming out in this patch. It's coming. And then a lot of the, the players are just, when they talk about like the glitches, oh, we're just used to it at this point. You know, it's just it's Star Citizen. You know, you take it up the butt. That's the whole thing. Uh, that's what we're used to. And it's just like, all right. But it's it, there are people that I was talking to about some of the glitches and stuff like that. And they're like, well, I've been playing this for, you know, four years now. 
or and, and then like another person was like, I'm a year in and I'm still learning how to play the game, but I play it almost every day and stuff like that. And I think that speaks to the fact that a lot of these systems that Cloud Imperium Games and the other four studios are working on really work. The first person shooter stuff feels really good when you find a mission and don't crash your ship <laughs> to get to a first person shooter mission. I thought you had to pay for the first person shooter stuff separately. No, no, no. The, the single player stuff you pay separately. Gotcha. First person shooter stuff's all there. So when you launch in, you upgrade your guy, you buy, you get, you have a pistol right away and obviously your starting ship, whatever you buy. And then you go to the stores and you can start buying ammo for your rifles, buy shotguns, buy sniper rifles, buy grenades, buy stun grenades, buy flares, buy hard points for your ship to put more guns on your ship, which I should have done from the get-go. My ship actually literally cannot destroy any other ship because I didn't buy more weapons for it. Uh, so I can't even do the simplest bounty missions right now. And I only have enough money to do put hard points to attach weapons to. So I have to do like, I'm looking for people in caves right now and trying to save people in caves, uh, which is another cool system that's actually brand new is you land on these planets and you go in these expansive, expansive cave networks in this, in these planets. And it's all really immersive and really interesting, a little slow paced, but really fun. And, you know, they say as you get more money, and I've watched videos of the higher end missions where you go take down a capital ship and you board it with your friends and you go first person shooter style and take it over, or you go into a mine that's been taken over by pirates and you clear that out, or huge dogfights in space. Another thing that I've watched that looks really, really interesting is there's a legal system in this game <laughs> and every planet is owned by a different corporations. So they all have similar, but sometimes different laws. And if you break too many of the laws, bounties come at you. So if you're a bounty hunter, player bounty hunter, you can go after bounties that are computer players, but you can also go after the bigger game, which is going to be player bounties. Mm -hmm. um, and if you, as a player, get killed by a bounty hunter, um, you wake up in prison. And in prison, you have to work your, you're either in there for like a different sentence, like it might be, you have eight murders under your belt, so you're going to be stuck in here for 12 hours of game time. So you can either work that off by doing these little mining mini games. You can pay it off if you have enough merits, you've done enough good for the corporation to begin with, and just be like, hey, but I'm a good guy, let me go. Or you can try to break out of the prison, which looks like a really interesting mission in and of itself, where it would require a friend to help break you out on the other side with a ship. But you go through these ventilation ducts, through this cave, which will eventually have a bunch of alien monsters and stuff. They're um, developing, I guess, creatures right now, alien creatures that can fight you. And then you wake get out through this military outpost, which tries to attack you and try to get out through space and stuff like that. It looks like a really exciting mission. So there's all these things in this game. And even in its unfinished state, there's a ton to do. But it doesn't feel like a cohesive experience because it all feels like even within the system, you're testing the game, which you are. It's an alpha. But I don't know. It's a, it's a 30, $320 million game that's still an alpha. That is amazing. It's an amazing alpha, but it's still an alpha. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one that, like, I would, it's it's so good what's out there that I already told my brother that I was going to buy the game for him at some point when I learn how to fly and stuff like that and, like, go on missions. And then eventually, you know, buy the game for you and be like, if you ever want to just come help me with missions and stuff. Like, it's that fun where I think the more people you play with, the more fun it's going to be and the more stuff you can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that, well, I don't think you or my brother would ever get it because of the bad connotation to it. Playing the game itself is a really good time. Mike, I would never get it. 
because it involves flying. <laughs> but that's it doesn't have well, that's the thing. If you played with me, you wouldn't have to fly anywhere. Yeah, I'd have to sit in your ship watching you fly around planets. And that's, well, that's what you did in uh Jump to Lightspeed and Galaxies, right? I never sat around with you. Like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I sat around strangers, Mike. <laughs> People I knew by the gamer tag handle. It's different. I uh, I can't imagine you just like oh my god look at the sun like let's go, see, <laughs> let's go check out the sun I've never flown in the sun <laughs> no I, I'm glad you're enjoying it. it sounds like you are it sounds like you're very impressed with it do you think it's worth 320 million dollars of development costs <laughs> no <laughs> that's the thing it's like I I don't think anyone who plays Star Citizen could justify that how does it look like graphically graphically it looks really really good. Uh, I'm not going to say it's the most graphically impressive game out there, but for the scale, it probably is. Does it look like what a new release would look like? Yes. Are they like overhauling the graphics yes. over the past couple of years or few, uh, over the past decade? <laughs> yeah. Every few years, they upgrade the graphics, put new engines, put new textures in. Um, actually, they're going through a new pass right now with ray tracing and stuff on all the different ships as well. So there's some ships where like this room's in here now, but in the next pass, they're going to take that away. Um, they're also upgrading ships so that it's more fun for players with teams and there's more stuff to do on your ship. So there are components now within your ship. So when you're upgrading your ship, you can do it on the inside and there's going to be dynamic damage on the inside of the ship so that you'll have to repair different systems when they go off. And you're, if you're in a big freighter, like in a Millennium Falcon type stuff. Mm -hmm. So if, if you, this is the one thing I'd be curious about, like based on the, your description of the game and how immersive and giant it is. If I wanted to be, if I wanted to live a life on one planet and never go into space and just, could I live on one world? Yeah, probably. Um, Would there be enough for me to do on that one world to where I, where I wouldn't immediately know everything about that planet in like a couple hours? Well, the planets, yeah, the planets are all the size of, um, like Earth or Mars or, or stuff like that. They're all real planet size. They all have mines. They all have cave systems. They all have different cities. And it's not like No Man's Sky or some of these other games coming out where it's procedurally generated worlds. That's why one studio is making 100 star systems. These are going to be bespoke solar systems that come out. But you can... But you also said that when you're on these planets, it's like a you have like a designated area where you can explore, right? A designated... In the city area. When like the Coruscant-like city where it's just one big gigantic city, yeah. So if I wanted to just walk east, you can absolutely walk east. How long would it take me to get back to where I started? Probably. Would I go around the world? Yeah. And it would probably take you months, maybe just walking. You'd probably die first unless you were on an Earth-like planet. But yeah, this is very but there, weird. There are plans to make habitats as well, like little have real estate because the game's going to have a hundred star systems. So eventually the plan is you can have, you know, your own house as well, build your own house or get an apartment in one of the cities. Mm -hmm. um, and your, if the bigger ships are like an apartment in and of themselves, like where you can decorate, they have a few little tchotchkes here and there you can get in the game as well already where you can kind of decorate and store things and like that. But you can be on one planet, do bounty missions, mine, um, go on rescue missions, do deliveries, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think you'd want to eventually go into space. I would not. <laughs> but I know that right now you have to fly or someone's got to fly you. But there are already built within each city starport areas and taxi cabs and all the space stations. 
that right now that says under construction, but eventually it will be used to put you on a ship that will take you wherever you want, computer controlled. So you yourself don't have to fly anywhere or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because they do want to make this a game for anyone who just loves sci-fi and wants to live out their own sci-fi experience. Which I think the promise of that is is what originally intrigued me about this game and what will keep me coming back to it and checking it out. Right now, I have so much I still haven't done yet. And I'm really, 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 really bad at this game. <laughs> but I did order joysticks because I do want to play with joysticks. And I have a bunch of other flying games for my PC um, and Xbox that I have barely played. And they'll work on both. So I want to try that, see if I'm a little bit better. You mean a flight stick? Flight stick, okay. yeah. Um, I will say that the first person, the way you move around your character is also really intriguing and different and weird. Um, it's got a lot of controls because obviously there's a lot you can do in this game, but there's a lot of interaction with the F key. That's kind of one of their sayings on like the uh, boards is just F it. When you can't figure out how to activate something, you hold the F key and there's a bunch of different things you can do. Then you go from first person mode of looking around to this really kind of honed in looking around to really interact with all these different items in the world, which is really, really cool. And something that I think is really unique to this game. You can also adjust your walking speed with the mouse wheel, which I thought is really cool. Because in a lot of games, like um, you're either walking too slow on the PC or too fast sometimes, or you're just running. <laughs> and in you know Xbox or PlayStation, just wherever you want to do the joystick is how fast you're going to be. But at least in this game, you scroll the mouse wheel to walk fast or walk slow, however you want to walk, whatever your walking speed is. And I think that's really cool as well. Mm-hmm. And the first person stuff from what I've played although I don't play much of it because I usually crash my ship before I get to feels really good as well. I mean, it's the weapons feel tough. They feel heavy. Um, the shots feel really good. There's a lot of movement, you know, you can sidestep, um, peek behind corners and it all is really responsive like a good first person, first person shooter should. I just haven't had to gotten to experience that yet. Cause I'm really bad. <laughs> uh, I warped into the dark side of the planet I'm on now, new Babbage, which is like a ice planet. And I forgot which button my lights were. So I went into the menu mode real quick, but the game's persistent, so it still plays. And I went, I got to find the key for my lights. And by the time I found the key for my lights, my ship had drifted into an asteroid that I couldn't see because it was too dark. So that was kind of fun. I was mad because I lost a lot of game time, but cool. it well, was funny. I'm glad you're having a good time with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's really interesting to play the game after having read about it for, you know, eight, nine years. And all the complaints, but all the people that still post videos and stuff about it. So it's definitely one of the most interesting games to watch. The most interesting betas I think I've played. Because it's still the question of, and this isn't even a beta, it's an alpha. I still think every on everybody's mind is, is this game really ever going to come out? Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's the whole show? Do you have anything else? No. Yeah, I got nothing else to talk about. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's... Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for two player bros, I'm Mike. (laughs) That's Dave. Stay safe. Keep on gaming.